This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of We Art Tacoma. This is your host, Eric Hanberg. I'm producer Doug. That was very formal, producer Doug. (laughs) How are you? My heart is warmed right now from this interview. Yeah, we get to talk to Nicole Rathburn, who is a sculptor and a newly minted public artist, about her new project of sand trout on Dune Peninsula. As you can guess, this is near and dear to my heart. So let's get to the interview. All right, and we are here in the studio for another episode of We Art Tacoma with Nicole Rathburn. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, a public art installation that you have opening later this summer or early fall, something like that. But um, And it's related to Dune, mm-hmm. one of the favorite topics that I have <laughs> uh, to talk about. I could go on and on about Frank Herbert and Dune. But before we get to that, I want to hear more about... Your story as an artist, you're a, a public artist, is that right? Um, actually, this is my first public art commission. First public art yeah, commission. Yeah, my first Holy cow. public art. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's really <laughs> Makes cool. It extra special. So, if you're, if it, what, what was before the first public art commission? Tell me more about your work. Uh, well, I work. I'm a sculptor, and I work. Have been working in kind of whatever materials I can get my hands on. Um, and so I've done some gallery-type things and lots of small stuff um, and some temporary public art. Okay. Um, and I've been trying to get into permanent public art for a while. Um, and this is just the first one that yeah. I came through. Yeah. Tell me about <laughs> some, some of the sculpture work that you've done. Uh, I use like to reuse like kind of just strange materials a lot and um, – Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, I really enjoy taking small pieces and putting them together um, and replicating them to make something larger. Mm. And I'm really interested in, in organic forms and kind of how they can – I want to make art that people um, – kind of creates like a sense of empathy in them. Interesting. So I try to make things – that just expand upon that. I don't know if I'm explaining it very well. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm but, intrigued. Is, is yeah. there a particular piece that you think uh, exemplifies that that we could make sure we link to in the show notes or yeah. put a photo up or yeah, something? Yeah, definitely. Um, I did a piece for the Woolworth Windows downtown called Catacomb, mm-hmm. uh, which was these sewn fabric tubes that I attached to an armature that kind of is like overhanging. It was meant to be um, kind of cavernous. And I just wanted to provide like kind of a peaceful moment for people and just kind of like they could really get in there and like think i mean they had to look out through the windows you can really get in there sure (laughs) but um yeah and just kind of in the hopes that that maybe quiet moment would kind of spread throughout their day and then you have these like ripples of kindness (laughs) you know i really like that yeah thank you that's very cool (laughs) yeah so that's kind of like my number one goal is to kind of i at least i hope to put people in touch with like their emotions and kind of make them act a little nicer towards others. Wow. 
That's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> when when do you think you started saying I want to be an artist or I want to be a sculptor? How how early do you remember that memory? Um, actually, not until college. Um, when I was a kid, I really loved to draw. Um, and I kind of dabbled with art school. I'm from California, and I went to school for a few years there, and it didn't really work out. Um, and then I moved to Seattle in, I think, like 2007. Okay. Um, and just sort of on a whim, ended up applying to Cornish up there. And um, and I had never taken a sculpture class before. I needed another studio class for credits. I thought I was going to be a painter. Oh. Um, and then I just took my first sculpture class, and I just fell in love with it. Like I never worked with my hands before like that, and uh, it opened up a whole new world for me, for sure. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And so you started doing that after, well, in at Cornish. And yeah. then after that, just kept going, it sounds like. Yeah, I just kept up with it. I just um, have, you know, I haven't always worked full time as an artist. I mean, I don't really now, but um, I had lots of other odd jobs and stuff. And um, so I would just make work with whatever I could. Like I had a sewing machine, so I did a lot of textiles type stuff. I haven't always had access to a studio per se. So kind of just keep it going however you can. Right. <laughs> exactly. I think yeah. that's one of the... Running themes of this podcast is yeah. the, the things people do to make a living in the arts or to to be able to make their art. Maybe not even a living, but just like yeah. uh, we had the music director of the symphony in and she's like the director of three symphonies across the country oh and goodness. moves back and forth. And like, but if you want to do that work, you can't just you can't just be. The music director of the Tacoma Symphony. You right. have to have like two others. Like I'm, yeah. I, I think that that sometimes we forget what people what people do to make it work. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of hustle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and 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 yet that drive can be so real. I mean, for you, um, you know, it was painting, sculpture, textiles because that's what you had. I mean, like I feel like that's uh, that's often what happens there. Yeah. Necessity yeah. is the mother of invention. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so, at some point, I'm assuming you left from Seattle to Tacoma. Yeah, I actually. So I finished school in 2010 and um, just was working odd jobs, and uh, I ended up getting a job in Tacoma actually, and I was commuting um, from Seattle down here on the bus, <laughs> which um, is pretty nightmarish. And uh, just after about a year, of that uh, I decided it was time to just come down here. Yeah. 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 How have you found Tacoma as a place to make your art? Uh, everyone is very friendly. I've definitely, through my job, I've found like a really great community. Um, what's what's your job? Uh, I work at Raven Studio, which is a bronze foundry. Oh, down so, in, so your day job is is in the arts as well? Yeah, it is making other people's art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but everyone who works there is an artist, so I was kind of immediately dropped into a welcoming community of other makers and lots right. of people to bounce ideas off of. And Where is Two Ravens? Uh, it's on 25th and Pacific, down okay. where the Pink Elephant Car Wash used to be, kind of in that area. The the, the gray elephant car wash? Yeah, the gray the, elephant. They, <laughs> it's so sad to see that come down. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I didn't realize that we had a foundry in, like, basically downtown Tacoma. Yeah, we're sneaky. Yeah. And do you, do you, are, do you work with the, the bronze up there? Yeah. Uh-huh. I do a little bit of everything. Thing. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay, so that brought you down. Uh-huh, yeah, so I moved down here, um, and then once I started working at the Foundry, I kind of had access to a bigger studio space and sure. lots of equipment and stuff like that. Bronze. Yeah, and, and bronze. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, okay. and that definitely, it's really informed, I think, my artistic practice. Um, just, I've learned how to do so many new things like I feel like I could make anything <laughs> most things maybe sure. anything no I would imagine that that can really expand horizons in a way just to have that opportunity yeah yeah like if you don't even know like what else is out there I guess until you find out you know and then worlds open up for right, sure right well that it reminds me of uh, again hearkening back to another episode we had Taylor Cox, who was a print artist, uh, but also like her day job was working at a press here yeah. in town. And again, not a lot of people knew that we had like a full time letterpress business. Yeah, I didn't here. know that. That's cool. Um, but uh, there's a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, so the the Tacoma community's been welcoming. Um, are yeah. you finding what you need? Do you think you're getting the support you're looking for as an artist? Yeah, um, I have received a grant since I moved here from the Tacoma Arts Commission, the Artist Initiative nice. grant. And, you know, I had the Woolworth windows. I had a show at Feast Arts Center, which is Unfortunately, is closed sadly now. closed, yeah. yes. Um, but, yeah, it just really, I feel like my our, my personal career has really, like, taken off since I moved here. Which yeah. Is, yeah. That's I, great. Yeah. And awesome. and soon some public art uh, on yeah. Dune Peninsula. <laughs> yeah. But I still don't want to get to that yet. Okay. What what do you think is missing in the Tacoma art scene? Like if you could add something to our scene, what would it be? Um I guess I I know that um I've been to Third Thursday a couple times and I think like the like the Tacoma Art Museum gets a big crowd for that and a couple of the other galleries but I wish that I guess more people could come out or would were inspired to come out and maybe that means more gallery spaces or things like that. Yeah, and I think I'm just comparing it to um uh living in Seattle all those years, you know, mm. like it's a huge like event is like a monthly event right and um yeah that's a terrible it's not a fair comparison really no but but, but, but it's something you know. that, I, that i think i mean i i remember third thursdays have been around uh, for at least like the 17 years that i can remember being yeah. a professional adult in this town like they've been around forever and for a long time it seemed like they were really strong yeah. for the museums but not the the galleries or the galleries were doing it but the museums had pulled back like i feel like it's always yeah it's always kind of like almost there yeah and then we're, Doug, producer Doug, I'm, we're, we're, was 100th Monkey on a, on a third Thursday or was that a whole different thing? You know, I don't remember whether it was on a third Thursday or not. Yeah. My impression is that it was its own thing. Yeah, I get the sense that, that Tacoma really likes the new, you know, where yeah. we're like this new, like, hey, let's do 100th Monkey. And like that takes, uh, that, that gets people's energy and they forget about the program that's been around for 17 years because right. it's been around for 17 years. Yeah. Like but uh, even 100th Monkey had its cycle. It yeah. sort of lived and died. It, yeah, it's yeah. gone, right? They yeah. don't do it anymore? No, that is... That is yeah. It takes work. <laughs> it takes work. Yeah. Everything, everything oh, takes work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's part of it. Yeah, uh, I, I hear what, you're, what, you, what you mean because... Um, 
But then at the same time, I look at the like the art at work month, and I mean, like those studio tours are oh, just man, slammed. Yeah, they're amazing. My show at Feast was up during the last one, and so many people came through. Yeah, I did, yeah which I wasn't expecting, so it was really awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Maybe I'm just going to the wrong events or at the wrong time or something. <laughs> but yeah. No, uh, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think it's it's something that we need to to look at. Yeah. As a as an arts community. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to say about being an artist in Tacoma? Uh, no. I I mean I love it here. I'm happy to be here, and I hope that you know I can make things that serve the community better. I think that's definitely one of my goals as an artist. I think it's a lot of artists' goal for Tacoma specifically to really make sure they're giving back, you know, which is something I really like about the city. That is a nice, a very nice thing. Yeah. I agree. And But I do think uh, just your description of what you're trying to do with your art, um, it stands apart from things I've heard from other artists. I really like that. Oh. So. That's pretty great. Uh, we're going to take a, a sponsor break. Okay. And then when we come back, we are going to we are going to dive into Dune. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Channel 253 is sponsored by our friends at Tacoma Arts Live. Since 1979, Tacoma Arts Live has been the steward of our publicly owned theaters, the Pantages, the Rialto, and the Theater on the Square. Got that? They are ours. And the team of Tacoma Arts Live makes sure that they stay that way for decades to come. Since 2006, Tacoma Arts Live has been working on an ambitious schedule to renovate these iconic buildings. Take just the Pantages. First, they expanded the lobby, upgraded the seismic, and took care of other behind-the-scenes needs. A couple years ago, they completed the refurbishment of the exterior of the building. And just this past year, Tacoma Arts Live unveiled the renovated Pantages Auditorium itself, Now returned to the historic grandeur it looked like when it was built more than a century ago. If you haven't seen it yet, it looks amazing. And the new seats are very comfy, too. This attention is not just to look good. These buildings are not fragile pieces of china to be marveled at on the shelf. They must be ready to serve the community and the resident arts organizations that rely on them. And that's what Tacoma Arts Life strives for, day in and day out. If you haven't visited your newly renovated Pantages Theater yet, visit TacomaArtsLive.org and find a show. My thanks to Tacoma Arts Live for their support of Channel 253. And we are back. Uh, Thank you to our sponsor for uh, making this podcast happen. And I just want to thank our members. Uh, Channel 253 is not only ad-supported, but we are growing our membership, uh, which helps keep us independent and thriving. And if you want to support us, you can go to channel253.com slash membership. And memberships are $4 a month or $40 a year. And there's some cool benefits that you can read about on that website. So please do that. Back to Nicole Rathburn. Uh, your first public art commission mm-hmm. is going to be on the new Dune Peninsula. Yeah. Can you tell <laughs> me? Um, well, let's let's talk about Dune for a second. Okay. Uh, Dune is a novel by Frank Herbert, mm-hmm. who is a son of Tacoma. He was born in Tacoma in the twenties. Have you read the book Dune? Or what? I have. Yeah. 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 And I think I did a little research on him too. Didn't he come back to work at like UW? He, a couple of times, he's he, all over the place. He was all over the place. Yeah. He uh, he was in Oregon. He was in Mexico for a while. Oh, my goodness. He eventually settled in um, 
Port Townsend. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his his cool. his thing was he he eventually compared Puget Sound to Tara, the the which Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind, like that was the <laughs> thing that gave her life was her plantation, and he felt like the Puget Sound was the thing that gave him life. It yeah. was his his Tara that he would always come back to. Yeah. So he always came back to the sound. It is nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the book, uh, Dune, was a landmark environmental novel, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And and I happen to know a lot about this because I read Dune when I was pretty young and I saw that Frank Herbert was like from Tacoma and I'm from Tacoma and I didn't know anyone who like became anything came from Tacoma. Like that was news to me. And so I was always interested in that. And then I read the biography of Frank Herbert that his son wrote. And there was this line in there that really captured me, and it was talking about uh, when the Asarco plant was you know, like belching, you know, yeah. arsenic into the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the time, Frank Herbert lived across the bay, uh, lived across, across Comm- Commencement Bay on like Browns Point, mm-hmm. and he would go out every morning to like fish from the beach. He had like a Huck Finn style life. It's pretty amazing, but uh, he'd go fishing from the beach, and then he would see his hometown being like destroyed by all of this pollution and, yeah. the, and the line in the biography is like seeing his hometown destroyed inspired the environmental message of dune or something like that yeah and so here you have this park that is literally dune peninsula <laughs> mm-hmm. literally being built from the slag byproduct poisonous slag byproduct yeah. of the smelter being restored with a park on it that's going to be the first time that land's been open to the public and it's going to be named after Dune. And I, there's this whole, like, s- full coming full circle thing that I love about that. Um, I, I mean, like, I was pushing for this for six years. So it's not like like it just happened. Like, like the com- yeah. I, I, was, I was pushing Metro Parks for a long time. The community pushed on Metro Parks for a long time. Yeah. Um, I love the full circle. And I even love the thematic tie to... The book itself, because, like, in the book, they want to take this, like, devastated dune planet and turn it back into, like, a real habitat, Mm -hmm. you know, like a real ecosystem. Yeah. And and I'm like, that's what we're doing at the park, and we (laughs) named it Dune. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm so excited. (laughs) So, with that context, do you want to talk about your art piece that's going to Dune Peninsula? Yeah. Uh, So, my proposal to the committee was to create um, bronze sand trout, basically, which I'm sure you know are like baby sandworms. (laughs) Um, And um, they're kind of responsible for um, the drying out dune, basically. And, um, you know, they would just soak up all the water. The moisture, yeah. Yeah, and just turn planets into deserts. Um, So there's a part of the park that is... um, it's kind of it's the park is like three peaks sort of they're called sail mounds and on top of one of them it's kind of like a ziggurat like these like tiers of stone and so the sculpture is going on top of one of those and it's going to be four of these like sand trout creatures um, kind of like looking like they're diving back into the earth right um, and I picked that uh, just because of like the site, the Asarco smelter site and kind of what had happened throwing the slag into the water <laughs> to create that whole area um, yeah. and I thought it was pretty an appropriate tie, tie-in Absolutely. <laughs> for, for the piece. Yeah. yeah. One of the things also about the particular sail mound that, that the sound trout are going to be on the top of is, is that it has this amazing view of Mount Rainier it from does. up there. Yeah. Um, and then the, the sail mound is even... Uh, 
it appears that like it's aligned to point to Mount Rainier. I think that was their intention. Yeah, there it does. It comes to a point, and then the broader side of the triangle is like on the other, the Mount Rainier side. And if you stand at that point on a clear day, it's just, it's really beautiful. I've been up there when the the when the mountain's been out. Yes, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's gorgeous. And yeah. so then your art with these these bronze figures as they're digging through the sand will be like people will see that. Uh, when they're looking at the mountain, it'll be like right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll kind of them. frame it. There's, um, they really wanted to make sure it wasn't blocked, you know, that view. Um, so we kind of just try to place the sculptures so that they kind of surround it a little bit. Yeah. Then, yeah, don't cover it up. So these are, these are four four figures mm-hmm. made yeah. out of bronze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's the process of making a, a bronze sand trout? Um, well... I'll make an original. That's what I'm doing right now is carving my originals out of styrofoam. Mm-hmm. And then I'll cover them in clay and kind of add the detail and the fine texture. Uh, and then I'll make a – well, actually, the foundry will make a rubber silicone mold. Um, and we do what's called lost wax bronze casting. Um, what's that? It's where basically we'll make a rubber mold and we'll use that to um, create a wax pattern of the original. So instead of the clay, I'll have these pieces of wax of the sculpture. It's okay. a, it's kind of hard to describe. So it's a, it's a wax <laughs> version of the mm-hmm. of the sculpture. Yeah, and so we take this wax pattern and we're gonna cover it in a ceramic shell. Um, then we'll do what's called burning out the wax, and then so you have this hollow cavity where the wax used to be that's surrounded by ceramic that, so, shell. So you have a ceramic mold, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and then where the wax used to be, we pour bronze in and we'll cast it. Uh, they'll be cast in panels. So after that, you have to weld all the panels together and recreate the texture and everything. So they'll probably be made in like 10 pieces or so. How do you recreate texture in bronze? Uh, with grinders and all kinds of like pneumatic tools and stuff. You're grinding <laughs> the bronze basically to mm-hmm. – holy yeah. cow. Yeah, because you have to – like when you have a welded seam line, it's it'll be a little proud of your original. Okay. So, yeah, you grind it back and put some texture back in with like carbide bits and stuff and – Sandpaper. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like uh, like just like a massive effort that yeah, it takes to, it make, is, to make yeah. this work. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's all the bronze sculptures you see around town were made that way in yeah. pieces. And then somebody put them back together and <laughs> made them look good. Holy, I'm guessing a lot of them came from Two Ravens even. I think, um, yeah, quite a few of them, Two Ravens. And then the bronze works was kind of like the previous iteration of two ravens um and that's actually where the e9 just opened their new tap room oh. it used to be a bronze foundry i didn't know e9 had a new tap room oh yeah they do right there on 25th okay <laughs> it's it's delicious it's good great. to know yeah <laughs> so get a beer and then go see some bronze yeah I guess. yeah yeah um what what does one of these things weigh do, i mean you you don't know yet because it's not done yet but do you have an idea about what these things are going to weigh yeah we can kind of guess um they're a little varying in size so i think this there's a small one that is just about like three feet long and probably i think about a foot tall um that one would probably just be like 75 pounds okay um but then they get bigger and the big the biggest one might be like 250 pounds i'm hoping not much more than that wow (laughs) but yeah they get heavy quick and that's a light one that's a that's not heavy sure. in like that world. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think about uh, 
E.T. the walrus or Ivan the gorilla at the zoo. And yeah. Those, those, I feel like, are a thousand or two pounds. I mean, those things are huge. Yeah, I can't remember. We actually did Ivan, and we get asked what he weighed pretty often. I think he's probably like 400 pounds. Okay. Yeah, but E.T. must be like, we didn't do that one. I mean, it's a it giant walrus. So much more. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's very cool. Um, and for anyone who's interested in in seeing it, uh, seeing the soundtrack, do you know roughly when when people when people should be able to expect seeing them installed? Yeah, I'm hoping to have them installed by September first. Okay, that's my goal right now, and that could always shift a little bit, but um, I would like it not to. <laughs> right. But yeah, right. if I stay on track, it should be around then. Okay. Yeah. And uh, for anyone who's interested in just seeing the park, it will be, uh, I know from my, my Metro Parks hat, that, that there is a soft opening of the park starting July 6th. And so for the rest of the summer, people will be able to see this amazing piece of land that's never been open to the public with sweeping views of Commencement Bay. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, the trails and the sail mound. And then come back later, obviously, to see... Um, to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Do, is there a name for the piece or is it just? You know, I haven't come up with a title yet. Um, I'm tempted. <laughs> Maybe I'll just call it Sand Trout. Sand, sand yeah. Trout. Yeah, that might. But I'd like to think of, come up with something a little better and then put like a Frank Herbert quote or something on the plaque, you know. <laughs> Fear is you the know. mind killer. That's yeah, the one right. Everyone That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, one of the questions I, I'd like to spring on guests without giving them any <laughs> notice uh, is is this. And I'm going to take a long time to ask it so that you can think about an answer. Okay. But my question for you is, is there anyone or any organization in Tacoma that you just want to give a shout out to who's doing really great artistic work, making our community just a little bit more livable or a little bit more interesting? It could be It could be a nonprofit. It could be just like an individual artist. Anyone come to mind that you just want to give a, a plug for for the good work that they're doing in the arts community? Yeah, uh, maybe a couple people. Okay, um, that's cheating, <laughs> we'll but I'll, we'll it allow cheating? it. Okay, I'll just do one. Um, I was thinking that the Soda Campus, like just that whole program. Um, that's School of the Arts for anyone who it yeah, doesn't know for sure. Yeah, it's like that is an opportunity that I wish I had had when I was in high school. Um, and I like I see a lot of those kids on my commute to work and home, and they look like they're having a blast. They really <laughs> and, do. Yeah, and I think that's such a cool opportunity for kids that age to like know that that's an option I think to get that much exposure to art and hopefully to like carry it forward to after you know after high school graduation yeah, yeah. I think I think what I like about it is is that that you know they're they're getting all of the core things that, that you need in high school but yeah. with an with an arts lens yeah um, I love the the way that they go to school where you know they have um, classes all over downtown. I mean, yeah, I've gotten on the link sometimes, and I, I <laughs> yeah. timed it poorly with with the art students yeah. who just like overwhelm the link. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of great. Like, like there's what other downtown has like large bands of kids in school just like going from class to class. I feel like it's yeah. it's something that really sets us apart. Um, that that makes it a really interesting place to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for calling out uh, School of the Arts. If people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Uh, I have a website, and it's NicoleRathburn.com. That's easy enough. Yeah. um, That's probably the best place, and anybody, my contact information is on there. So I love hearing from people. It's been cool to hear from people about this project, especially. So definitely drop me a line. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Thank you for your work on Dune Peninsula. And I hope you have uh, more public art in the future. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.